welcome to Best One Since the Next One, the podcast that dives deeper than the low rumbling booze aimed at Bob Chapek into pop culture, franchises, and the fandoms they inspire. This week, we're back and we're bringing you a roundup of the Lucasfilm portion of the Lucasfilm slash Marvel slash Fox panel. I guess technically the Lucasfilm slash Marvel slash Avatar panel at D23. And to do that successfully, we need to bring on usually our Star Wars correspondent. Today, we're promoting her to Lucasfilm correspondent. It's Stephanie Cole. She's back. Hey, happy to be back. Super excited to have lots of Star Wars and also Lucasfilm to talk about, which is my other love because they are, you know, tangentially related (laughs) at all times. (laughs) Yes, we're both discussed beforehand how we're both a little sleep deprived and but we'll we'll uh, we'll pull it together for you all for this. So, oh, yeah, just overall, uh, you know, did you watch the panel? I guess you, there was a, you, they didn't live stream it, but did you, were you keeping up with it or did you just go through and like read all the news afterwards? Or I was keeping up with it. I didn't watch the panel directly, but I was keeping up with it on social media, like as it was happening. So on like Facebook, I've taken a break from Twitter, but on face the Facebook group and like all that, just keeping track of like what's being announced, what's being talked about, and then watching all the trailers and announcements as they were coming out. Um, so, you know, didn't actually watch it, but like the vibes I got were fantastic because I was just happy to be reacting to all this stuff with, you know, the folks that I know in the Star Wars fandom who, you know, yeah. I I can get excited about this stuff with. All of us uh, plebeians that couldn't make it into the hall can yeah. <laughs> all have like 40 <laughs> tabs open and, and uh, leading this life, like this embarrassing life of like yeah. just checking. This is the kind of situation where um, people at work just casually mention like, Oh, did you know that there's a new show, a new, a new Mandalorian <laughs> coming out? And it's like cut to me at home with like three computers open and like twenty tabs. Like, no, yeah, I do that. I, I, I do oh, that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all the dates are in my calendar alongside yeah. every other important social event I have. It's when everything is premiering. <laughs> Would you believe I had a color coded release schedule in a yeah. spreadsheet? <laughs> One of those things. So yeah, this is like a, one of those situations, one of those like high holidays of of announcements where they have oh, yeah. twenty three. It's the first since two thousand nineteen. This panel. What were your um? What were your overall thoughts? I think that like you know there wasn't a whole lot of brand new stuff. There was no. like confirmations of dates. There was new trailers and fun things like that. Um, I mean, all all I honestly expected because I. I'm still kind of working my way through what to expect from this Disney plus day sort of situation D 23 thing. Um, Just because it's like, it's pretty new in terms of like how it long it's existed. So like knowing what level of things they announce is just like, you know, we're sort of playing it by ear because we don't have a whole lot to go off of. Like I know what to, what level and type of announcements to expect from celebration, et cetera. But like from this, It's like, hmm, I don't like, you know, we had this last time, but we don't have a whole lot of data to go off of. But like, I, I wasn't disappointed for sure. Um, There were lots of things I was super excited to find out about, even if they were mostly just sort of confirmations or new information about stuff we already knew was happening. Right. And uh, that seemed like mostly like the majority of it was, I was thinking it felt a little bit like treading water. It It just seems like they have a lot more up their sleeve that they're keeping for Celebration London. And it was really, it's really great to just come in and get all this like extensive information, you know, get trailers. We didn't get to see if we didn't make it into certain panels at celebration, um, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it, overall it wasn't like the be all end all earth shattering conference. It just it was a really pleasant, like, Oh man, there's so much good stuff coming up. Um, yeah, for real. And the other thing is that like, there is so much star Wars coming out that like, it's honestly, <laughs> it's getting, 
it's getting to that fine wobbly line between excitement and overwhelm for me where I don't even know what to get excited for because there's so much. So if they had announced something I didn't know it was happening, I I don't think it, it would almost be worse. <laughs> like yeah, I, I, like I, I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way where it's just like, I felt overwhelmed just keeping up with trailers where things I already knew were being released. Exactly. And I was like, is there, is there a new thing up? There's something new up. I got to, I'm, I'm missing it. And um, so at, at that point, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad it, yeah, it would have been, it would have been overload, but uh, what do you say we get into some of the stuff that they covered? Let's do as- it. Spies. Saboteurs, assassins, who've all done terrible things on behalf of the rebellion. Cassian Ander, don't matter what you tell me or tell yourself, you'll ultimately die fighting these bastards. Wouldn't you rather give it all at once to something real? The first thing that they talked about was Andor, of course, because it's the one that's closest to being released. Obviously, the showrunner of that show being Tony Gilroy, um, my best friend that I met in the hallway at Celebration. And when I say best friend, I met just yelled at him and walked by him. <laughs> it's directed by um, some some episodes by Benjamin Karen, who has credits like The Crown and Sherlock, Toby Haynes, um, who you know has Black Mirror under his belt, and also like a Sherlock episode or two, and then Susanna White, who directed some episodes of Billions and Boardwalk Empire, Stephanie's other favorite obsession. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really realize I wouldn't put two and two together. Now I need to look up what episodes of Boardwalk she directed because I remember like each episode of that show so vividly and for such a long time I wanted somebody who directed or wrote something on that show to do something Star Wars because I was just so obsessed with both at the same time so absolutely I'm gonna look that up now (laughs) um and it's cool I didn't really realize these credits before but like everything that's mentioned kind of makes sense where it's like you know um the crown with like palace intrigue uh Sherlock Mm -hmm. the thriller thriller mystery twist and turn black mirror dystopian situation you know all these it's like all the comedy boardwalk has a lot of political stuff and like crime Mm -hmm. stuff going on like all that can fit in really well i haven't seen anything of billions but i don't know maybe (laughs) um but yeah that kind of you get more hint into the vibe of andor if you haven't already received it from the countless tv spots and trailers but like yeah just that palace intrigue political spy thriller really coming uh, through in, in the directors um you know the cast itself obviously diego luna as cassian ander my god <laughs> stellan scotchgard slash stellan scarsgard as luthien rail uh jean vieve o'reilly as mon mothma and of course force whitaker as saw guerrera yes he's back Lies! deceptions slightly more kept up hair so it's just slightly you know, just slightly he's, yeah he's like looking like proto crazed in this in this <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just pumped that he's back. It looks amazing. I don't, like I said, I don't really want to spend a ton of time in this just because it's coming out in two weeks and we're surely going to be covering it on oh, the yeah. show. Just wanted to take your temperature and your overall hype level for Andor. I think I know where it's at as yeah. one favorite, but <laughs> it's off the charts to say the least. Um, I, everything I've seen from it is just further hammering home that this is just nailing the mood of rogue one but like in Mm -hmm. different areas of storytelling so like diving into like some areas of storytelling because i recently i couldn't get to see rogue one in imax um because i had like one of many wedding events during the weekend that it was happening um 
But my, um, I did rewatch it with my family when I was visiting them last weekend on their, they had like a new big TV. So we christened it with that. Um, nice. And I just, it's my favorite Star Wars movie, but I don't actually watch it that often compared to others because it's so emotionally taxing for me. Um, and like every time I watch it though, I'm just struck by how much that movie moves. Like it does not take a breath in the best possible way, but it just goes and that's one reason I love it so much. It's just like the pacing is relentless. But I'm curious to see how the tone and stuff, they can play around with it in something that's a little bit less um, fast moving in terms of like all the action, like how how they're going to play with it. Because I love the quieter moments, but they're few and far between. So Absolutely. I can't wait to see how that sort of tone goes to that, that mood. Yeah. In like one, two and a half hour movie, basically, we go to like seven different planets in Rogue One. So it's yeah. like, it'll be nice to have that kind of spread out over, you know, seasons of television. Yeah. Um, and every, every trailer and every preview you've seen, it just seems like the most dire and serious show in the world. I, I, I'm kind of ready for that. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, Rogue One, Rogue One was dire and serious, but this seems like let's ramp it up times 10. And then you see like the clip like they showed on Good Morning America where it's uh, Cassie and Andor like talking to a big blue guy about like, you know, you know, spies in our midst, but he's just talking to this big goofy looking alien. So it's like still got those elements to it as well. And, you know, they showed, they released the clip that they showed in front of Rogue One on IMAX on Disney Plus Day on Disney Plus with, you know, Stellan Skarsgård and, and Diego Luna, that whole like catch up, like um, sizzle reel for it basically. Just the, the tone of that seems cool because it's like this really down and dirty spy thriller but then there's just mm -hmm. like kind of this video game pulley system shootout going on during it the whole time as well which you catch in this latest trailer as well so it's like i just love again like foregrounding the rebel alliance and showing how much of a sacrifice this was for all of them yeah still fascinated by that and you know rogue one set that in motion but seeing this in this with this much gravitas just i'm, I'm so excited for it so i don't know any, anything else you want to add about andor we'll we'll be talking a ton about it um, honestly i'm just over the moon excited for it i it looks like everything that i want it to be the team behind it everybody in it um i can't wait for it i can't wait to talk about it <laughs> Yeah, I, on the trailer, it says from the director of The Bourne Legacy, and I really wish it said uh, from the director of Michael Clayton, and then just really <laughs> wrote, really roped the real heads in so everyone would watch it. But that drops on uh, September 21st with three episodes. Can't wait for that. Season two is already confirmed, and it leads right up to uh, right up to the events of Rogue One. So get ready for Andor. That's coming so soon. So on to dun -dun -dun, Willow. When I was a kid, I used to play at being a sorcerer. Visiting strange worlds, fighting monsters. Run! Never thought I'd actually really do it. What the hell is that? Trolls. I'm so miffed. We have to hurry. How are you defeat us? Same as last time. With my friends. I mean, it looks so good. Um, it does. The showrunner, you know, Jonathan Kazin, who we saw at Celebration, uh, I think coked out or something. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> he was really sweaty. <laughs> something was going on. I really don't know. But yeah, directed uh, the first two episodes by Stephen Wolfenden, uh, who did a lot of Outlander and Doctor Who. 
Um, and it was actually a second unit director on Harry Potter. So that really makes a lot of sense as well. A lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of uh, wand and wizard play going on here. The, uh, the amazing and ever present Warwick Davis is back as Willow. Um, Erin mm -hmm. Kellyman as Jade, as you might remember her as Emphis Ness from Solo. Mm -hmm. uh, Ruby Cruz as Kit, uh, the daughter of Sorsha. Uh, then Joanne Wally is back as Sorsha. Uh, and then also returning Kevin Pollock and Rick Overton as the Brownies, Fran Jean and, and Rule, look, looking great. They're back up to their old tricks. And then uh, at, D, at D23, they're like, we couldn't get Val Kilmer, but we got we got bootleg Val Kilmer, and we got we're bringing we're bringing in Christian Slater uh, in an undisclosed role. Which like no shots at Christian Slater. I love him to death. Pump up the volume is like one of my favorite movies of all time. But like it's just so funny that like well we got. Christian Slater, everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, as Mad Mardigan's friend, it says. So we'll see what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of options for that. That's a broad term. Could be anything at this point. But yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of this this trailer? I think that it looks like they absolutely nailed the tone. Um, I I love Willow. It's a huge nostalgic film for me. It's like, you know, it was my beginner Lord of the Rings when I was little. And I love how... It is so George Lucas, you know, despite the fact that it's directed not by George Lucas, by Ron Howard, but it's so Lu George Lucas and it's just so fun. I love Willow because it everything George Lucas does is like skirting, playing along the sort of boundary of fairy tales and high fantasy. Absolutely. And I loved just I love Willow because he goes all in. It's it's the George Lucas high fantasy that he's always playing around with. So you get to see how he'd really do it. And it's exactly what you'd expect. It's just as weird and quirky, but also awesome as Star Wars. And I just think that this looks like it nails it. It doesn't look like it's trying to be the Lord of the Rings. It's not trying to be Game of Thrones. It's not trying to be anything but Willow. And that is just so cool. So yeah, I can't wait. And when I saw the brownies were back, I was like, yes, I can't wait. I hope they got those like, at like just straight up fairies that they had in the original back or weird animal transformations to traumatize uh, children, new generations uh, of children. <laughs> that's, the reason, that's the only reason they're doing it is to just traumatize children. Oh yeah. Um, the, the thing is, it's really just funny timing because like you said, um, with, you know, rings of power and house of the dragon out, mm -hmm. it's like another real high time for fantasy. And, you know, obviously coming from this era of the 80s, which was also this weirdly high time for fantasy mm -hmm. um, with like Legend and Labyrinth and just, Dark Crystal, you know, Dark Crystal, The Last Unicorn, stuff like that. All oh, this yeah. crazy stuff coming out. And um, it's kind of a resurgence of that. And people are like super. I mean, I guess streamers want you to think that people are super into fantasy right now. You know, it's a, it's just a high time for that. So to bring Willow back in the midst of that, I think is is perfect timing. And it just looks so good. Like. It, it really replicates the look of Willow and like heightens it to the next level. Cause that was always one thing when I would go back to Willow, obviously I watched it as a kid and really loved it, but going back to it, when I got older, I was like, it, it's, it is missing some of that like magical world building. Like it has yes. it, but it doesn't have it to the level that you're like, Oh, there's probably so much more they could do with it. And it looks like they're doing that here, matching modern technology with that weird eighties, creature design um real surrealistic and and over the top like that guy that has like the uh cage and the over his head and like the club hands that's chasing them around that's super 80s to me oh, yeah. um and i don't know it just, it just looks great warwick davis i love him i love seeing willow in like a mentor role can't wait to see what's up for aaron kellyman and and i really enjoy the fact that there's 
not a lot of pressure on this series. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like Willow is this extremely beloved movie. Like it, it bombed when it came out, it like wiped out Ron Howard's career for a while. Mm-hmm. And so there's not like it has a Lord of the Rings or like a star Wars or like yeah. a, a game of Thrones following to it. So it's, it's really low pressure and it, it, you know, it's, it really just, has everything to gain. It'll get new fans. Hopefully people will tune into it just because they want more fantasy in their lives. And it just looks, it looks delightful. So um, that comes out November 30th on Disney plus. It'll be interesting to see all the family elements at play and the, Christian Slater as Mad Mardigan's friend. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious about how that's going to work out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for sure. and, there. and then, uh, yeah, Sorsha Sor- being um, back in it and having her daughter as a main part of the story yeah. is very, very cool too. So we'll see, we'll see where that falls. Um, that comes out very soon, actually. So, so the next part of the D23 Lucasfilm panel was just a little, a little uh, uh, return to the Bad Batch, Stephanie's zone of interest. So I'm going to let you take over. Um, I am so excited. Bad Batch is my favorite. Uh, animation is my favorite, but I just like was completely taken with how obsessed I became with the Bad Batch when it was on um, the first season. And I am actually relieved because I remember, and I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but before this this panel came out with this January release date, there were a lot of uh, sources saying it was coming out like September 28th yeah, or something. Yeah. Which I honestly, I saw some people were disappointed. They were like, Oh, it got pushed back. I was relieved. I was like, there is no way I would be able to emotionally balance the bad batch and Andor at the same oh, yeah, time. Sure. Like I, I wouldn't be okay. I would not know what to watch. I wouldn't know what to react to. It was like literal existential crisis. So when I saw this, I was relieved and I'm like, yeah, it's a little, I know that they had said fall 2022 and now it's technically winter 2023, but you know, winter 2023, fall 2022, fall 2022 nowadays can like mean December. So like, it's not that big a difference. Exactly. Um, and I am, I'm, I'm just hoping that it really will get to stand on its own because it's, I think some of the best star Wars TV um, that is happening and uh, two episode premiere sounds good. I wonder if they'll be putting it together in like a, full hour long like thing like they did last time i'm not sure um but yeah i'm beyond excited for it um i met somebody last weekend who or not the last weekend but the weekend before at one of those bachelorette parties i was at who was at a wedding where the maid of honor was the showrunner for the bad batch uh (laughs) jennifer corbin and i yeah i know she was like yeah my friend went to college with her they're like friends and I reacted the way that I would if somebody said that I was they were at a wedding where the best man was George Lucas. I was like <laughs> freaking out. So that's how much I love the Bad Batch. I was like, oh my God, what? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> so get him on the show. Bring him on the show. I know. I was like, can you like hook me up? <laughs> but you know, it was like a friend of a friend, but I was still like, that is incredibly cool. <laughs> We could probably only afford the friend. Yeah, it looks great. I'm, I always love a pushback. Like they pushed Andor back, and I was just relieved. I just love having a steady flow of things to watch. So you know, Bad Batch not my absolute favorite, but I you know I am excited for it still. Um, real quick, sorry. Can we pause for a sec? I was squishing a stress ball, and then it exploded on me, and now I have goo, a stress ball slime all over me. <laughs> so I need to go wash my hands real quick. That's fine. I'm, I'm keeping this part in. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'll be right back. (laughs) 
Okay, I'm back. <laughs> the Star Wars excitement was too much for the stress ball. <laughs> I didn't know that stress balls were filled with goo. I so. had these. I ordered a bunch of these like squishy ones for my kids at, at work that like need them to, to concentrate. And then sure. I, I liked them so much that I kept a few and I was using it because I was like, I always fidget with my hands when I'm recording things or doing things, especially when I'm talking about Star Wars. Sure. And the next thing I know, the Star Wars just got too strong and <laughs> it just exploded and was apparently filled with slime. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the power of the Bad Batch for you. <laughs> that's the first That's the first time anybody's gotten slimed on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but not the last. Not the last. Um, sticking with the animation aspect of Star Wars, Dave Filoni on stage introducing a trailer for Tales of the Jedi, which was announced at star wars celebration and uh leaked previously to that on like a um some sort of like set gift to the like lucasfilm team so now we have finally have our first trailer for it everywhere there is life but you must face death honor it do not fear it jedi Ahsoka is Jedi. Looks fucking awesome. <laughs> Look, oh, it's, yeah. it's so good. I didn't realize how hyper focused it was going to be on Ahsoka and Dooku. I thought they were going to be all different vignettes, but I'm excited uh, that it's just a, it's just two different stories combined together. Um, three, six shorts that all come out at one time um, on October 26th on Disney Plus. I keep saying on Disney Plus like it's going to come out on anything else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on Disney Plus Day, they're announcing things <laughs> yeah, coming yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, we're just going to let some of these things go to Prime Video, no problem. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think, you know, the first part is, the first episode from what I've read is the birth of Ahsoka and um, everything having to do with her mother, Pav T, and like a hunt they go on. Um, and then the other storyline is a young Dooku when he was still a Jedi, which, I, you know, I never got around to, is it Jedi Lost? Yeah, is, Jedi yeah, Lost. Yeah. I never got around to that audiobook, so um, it'd be fun to have some of those gaps filled in and maybe a good jumping off point to dive into that once it's over. But uh, what did you think of this? Um, I am so excited. It looks like more Clone Wars, and that's great in my book. Um, I am particularly because it sort of aligns with my two main interests into the idea of seeing Dooku looking like straight out of the Hammer Horror era, Christopher Lee, like <laughs> Dracula. Sounding like Alan Rickman. He does. He looks like Dracula uh, from like the 1960s. Fantastic. Can't wait. Love it. Love more Dooku. Um, I screamed out Yaddle out loud. And I think that that shows exactly how excited I was. That Grand Inquisitor looks rad. Qui-Gon looking Young Qui-Gon. like little Qui-Gon. It, who's voicing? It's Liam Neeson? Um, well, here's the thing. Like it. It says young Qui Gon has a different voice, okay. and then it's but it also says Liam Neeson in the credits. So I don't so, know if hmm. it's both like both eras, if he's telling the story or something. I'm not sure, but um, it said it said both were credited, but that could just be like a Google like weird carryover thing. I really don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but yeah, this part looks really cool because it's just you know Qui Gon and you know Mace Windu, Dooku kind of going over the top as like mm-hmm. an aggressive, like kind of leading into this dark side powers and aggression. Them trying to pull him back because he's handling things like in a very un-Jedi-like way in the trailer. So that just, it looks cool to see where that'll go. He's on the Jedi Temple grounds. That whole aspect, that whole storyline looks really cool. And then the Ahsoka thing, like her being at like Padme's funeral. Yes. 
And then, you know, we get, you know, Bail Organa's in it, Anakin teaching her with a ring of clone troopers around her, just like in uh, Clone Wars Season 7 when she's, when Order 66 commences. So, you know, like you said, the Inquisitor looks amazing. We get the Attack of the Clones Obi-Wan hair. That's always good. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is, I mean, not a lot more new information than what we had at Star Wars Celebration, but, um, yeah, it's six six episodes all coming out at once um, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, on October 26th. So yeah, and that moves us right along to something else that also didn't have a ton of new information, but uh, Ahsoka Mm -hmm. set to arrive in 2023. John Favreau on stage calling it Dave Filoni's magnum opus. He he also had this to say, it's remarkable what they're able to accomplish, seeing that come to life in such vivid detail. And then to see, of course, the lightsaber battles come to life. It's just amazing action. Hmm. Like he's really all in on the action aspect of it and how much Filoni is putting his heart and soul into this series. And um, it, and after that, they showed an image of Ahsoka uh, in the show. And then one of Natasha Liu as Sabine Wren in front of the mural that appears at the end of, of Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking straight out of Rebels. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that it was still like that, um, like the actual animated versions of the ghost crew on there. Um, yeah. I guess that they're going with that Sabine's art style. That's that's what I get. I'll say. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's great. That's brilliant. Yeah. I think it works out. And anyway, they've showed this before. They showed like the actual mural at Star Wars Celebration, but it, they didn't have any figures or anybody in front of it to give it scale or scope or size or anything like that. It just looked like you know an animation cell from the show. So to have like Sabine standing in front of it really gives it some you know emotional weight and some context as well. So it's really cool to see that. And then you know I'm not really familiar with like this actor, but you know before D23 it leaked or it was announced that um, Aman Asfandi was cast as Ezra. And it's like, I really don't know much about his acting career, but man, if he isn't a spitting image of Ezra, I don't know who yeah. he is. It's like- he looks exactly like him. And I think that, that that gets me. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, my feelings about Ahsoka are kind of interestingly like wait and see because sure. I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll just have to wait and see because I'm obsessed. Like Rebels was amazing. It absolutely like was my favorite Star Wars thing when it was on. Um, Dave Filoni has made my favorite Star Wars stuff in animation. Sure. I think and I, I mean, I think we were all aware that we were going to be getting a Rebels sequel because there was that clear open uh, ending of like, where right. is Ezra? Mm-hmm. Where is Thrawn? And we know I want to see more Thrawn. So I'm here for, <laughs> I'm here for all of it. I'm hoping that it will stand on its own as its own show instead of just a continuation of Rebels, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Like, I don't want just a live actionified Rebels sequel. Like, I, I, I want something that can stand on its own, that can appeal to people, maybe even if they haven't seen Rebels. I mean, I'd be like, what are you doing? Watch Rebels, because it's amazing. But, you know, I just want something that will really prove its 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 need to exist. Giving it that, like, SEO optimized name Ahsoka for the show makes me think it should, you know, obviously this isn't the case because Book of Boba Fett wasn't entirely Boba Fett show for better and for worse. I tend to agree with what you're saying because it's like, I love Rebels as well. It took me a while to warm up to it, but I absolutely love it now. I think by calling it Ahsoka, there's uh, a commitment to making it about a continuation of her personal journey mm-hmm. um, as opposed to these other characters who we really care deeply about as Star Wars fans, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if it was anything else than a Rebels sequel, I feel like it should have a different title. But then mm-hmm. again, like what 
what does a title even mean these days? It's all yeah. just like one continuous, never-ending streaming story. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be something completely different for me to be happy with it. By all accounts, it sounds like it's going to be amazing. I just need to know what the context is. If it's if that's yeah. the whole, if that's the whole like plot engine is finding Ezra, I don't know if I'm as interested. I don't know if that's like Star Wars blasphemy or not. I just would rather see kind of this like progression and, and advancement of Ahsoka's story personally, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I like feel that. like Filoni, he, if he, if he's like fully, if this is his show, he's going to really focus on that Ahsoka thing because we know how yeah. much he loves Ahsoka. He can't help but make everything he makes be about her. She's sure. his, his, his baby, his creation, right. you know, <laughs> his fave. Um, so I'm sure that that will be, I just, yeah, for me, Rebels was such a perfectly done story by the end of it when you step back and you just saw how well it handled each character's arc and things that I just really want it to continue all of that in a way that feels as well done as the original did, Absolutely. which is it, it, going to be hard. <laughs> It will be, but it's probably just like concern trolling on our part because it's Dave mm -hmm. Filoni and mm -hmm. like, you know, Favreau is not as involved, but like they really haven't done wrong at all. Yeah, <laughs> so and I, like, I, I would never, I've always said in that Dave Filoni, I should never doubt you. I trust you with my life. Anytime I do doubt the next time I watch something he's made, I'm like, never mind. I shouldn't have doubted. So yeah, he's kind of like um, uh, James Cameron Jr. where you're just like, never doubt him. Just don't doubt him. Like, yeah. His track record speaks for itself. So. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, he definitely knows what he's doing. So yeah, excited to see more from this one. Um, it's in production now. There's no release date for it. So hopefully we'll see this soon. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm guessing probably like what, like maybe and or time next year. Yeah, like fall 2023. And then that leads us on to another little mysterious little project called Skeleton Crew. Uh -huh. um, I'm notice noticing a lot of like really early, like what the fuck is this? Why do we need this energy coming from the internet? And I'm just not ready to be that way yet. I really no. like, I really like this idea. And I think it's cool that, like, you know, it's very Stranger Things energy for sure. But like at the same time, you know, that's a winning formula that like Amblin kids lost and needing to find their way home type adventure. John Watts, who, you know, did all of the um, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies uh, produced by John Favreau, Filoni, Chris Ford and John Watts as well. It just has a very winning formula for it so far. And, you know, any kind of coming of age story usually works for me and I enjoy mm -hmm. it. So it takes place during the New Republic era. And we actually got a glimpse of the first image of Jude Law in the show. He was quoted as saying, there are one or two more times every day where I'm walking on set and it hits me like a child. I get awestruck by certain characters that are around me that I can't say. So obviously has that little red sniper dot on his forehead if he tells us anything more about mm -hmm. what character he's talking about. But that's some good food for thought about who these characters and this crew could run into along the way. Again, not a ton of more new information besides that. So Skeleton Crew is currently in production as well. Again, with no release date on that in sight. And then we get into the real heavy hitters. Mando! Mandalorian Season 3 trailer. What did you think? Um, I think it looked great. I think it looked... I, I saw, I didn't ever watch the full one that was at Star Wars Celebration, even though like there were ways to sure. watch it, but I saw parts of it and I heard descriptions. So I guess it was somewhat like that one. And I don't know if it, how 
how exactly the same it was, but yes, yeah, in here I was unclear on that. But it looks great. I especially was super excited about all the Mandalorian stuff, Bo Katan, live action Mandalore, the stuff that we saw, like the the big hall and all of the that that we've seen in animation before that is just so cool and has become iconic is in live action. And I was just so over the moon about it. I I can't wait for the show to like really dive into the Mandalorian side of things. And I loved Bo-Katan's line about like the cult that he was in because mm-hmm. I, because I'm like, yeah, Mando, you're in a weird branch of Mandalorians, just so <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm just like really hoping that he gets deprogrammed and like starts keeping the helmet off because I am team like keep the helmet off. I'm like, I want to see your face. I want to see Pedro Pascal. Let's do this. Um, And I also, I don't know. It's just interesting because Bo-Katan, I'm like trying to figure out what her role is going to be. She's not a great person, um, but neither is like the armorer or any of the people from like his side of things. And I think he's kind of just a little bit in the middle of it. And I don't know what's going to happen with any of it. And yeah, I can't wait. Din slash Mando is kind of like at a point where he's the uh, he's the child in a big divorce. Uh, a huge divorce of culture. Of, <laughs> of, of, of two different cults of personality, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, who do I go with? It's really interesting to see Bo-Katan switch from like helpful ally in season two of Mandalorian mm-hmm. to kind of this menacing, antagonistic, darker version of Bo-Katan that like... Yeah we've seen but haven't seen we know she's definitely competitive and aggressive but like she's been helpful to him in his pursuits in the mm-hmm. past but what he you know is holding the dark saber then in season two then it becomes well the tables have turned and now i think you're actually my enemy so she seems a little unmoored by the process of you know mando holding the dark saber and see and so it's really amazing too to see mandalore in live action again another one mm-hmm. of flown uh brain children slash babies is like the look and the feel and the concept of Mandalore and to go there in live action. It looks wonderful. Like the shots where Bo-Katan's looking out the window through the rain um, and her just kind of like perched on that chair, in that throne room that we've seen in, in animation before, but just looks very cool that the line, did you think your father was the only Mandalorian is really interesting to me. Is she trying to like drive a wedge between Grogu and Din? Is that possible? Like the way she says mm-hmm. it is so condescending. It was really funny to me to be like, a, a, a human character being condescending to a puppet is really funny to me. The way that she said it was very like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Like, oh, you didn't know this important truth that he was holding out on you? Like, <laughs> it just, I, I wonder how she's playing in everything and how that, that dynamic is going to work. And it'll be, I'm sure that's a big thrust of season three, but um, Din kind of going through and uniting the diaspora of Mandalorians is really a huge aspect of it too, because we're seeing, it looks like different factions of Mandalorians we might not have seen before. So is he going around and like gathering up the factions of Mandalorians, like to, to reunite Mandalore once more, you know, what's going on here? I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see. And it looks incredible. The shot where like they're in the drop ship and they all like drop out with their jetpacks at the same time from overhead. I was like, mm-hmm. this, what an amazing time we live in for sure. It's It's incredible. And the thing with Bo-Katan is that a lot of people were so used to her being an ally because of how she was at the end in the final season of Clone Wars, she was an ally and in Rebels, she was an ally and sort of at the beginning of her appearance in The Mandalorian. But like when you look back at it, she was like fully part of Death Watch, like aligning with before she decided not to aligning with Darth Maul 
doing right. horrible things when she was being introduced, like full on, like killing innocent people to like get what she needed to be done. Yeah. So I I think she's a lot of really complicated character. And I'm excited to see that they seem to be going back to that sort of point of view of her. Absolutely. Especially introducing her as a hero mm-hmm. and, and just really switching that power dynamic. I think it's gonna be really, really fun to watch. It mm-hmm. looks great. Rumor is it's coming out in February 23, but you know, they went back to having no date attached to it. So I think we'll just have to wait and see on this one as well. Kind of the whole theme of the of the, the press conference or the, or the panel really is just like, you'll get it when you get it, you know? And uh, I'm okay with them pacing it I'm out fine for with us. That. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine <laughs> at this point in my life. At this, at this age, I'm fine with it being spread out. It's just more to love. It'll get here. That's kind of it for the Star Wars aspect of things. Um, there was a, uh, a show that was announced called Young Jedi Adventures that looks really cute, like uh, Spidey and his amazing friends or like a PJ Masks type show for mm-hmm. preschoolers and kindergartens that I'm sure my boys will really love and enjoy. But there's like not a ton of information about that. I would be remiss in my actions as a podcast host slash Star Wars fan if I didn't say I need to kind of start moving into like new character territory. Not yeah. that the Mandalorian's not doing that, but we're bringing in all these threads and elements that have been around for at least 10 years, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so I'm, I'm very excited by all this stuff. It looks really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like this shows Boba Fett and Obi-Wan have been like high highs, low lows. I don't know. It's not a crisis of faith with star Wars. It just, it's never really that it's more like, I think I'm ready for like brand new characters and dilemmas and situations. And like, even if we still have like the star Wars hallmarks, like sneaking into the empire dressed up, like, you know, dressed in uniform and stuff like that, or like a uh, deep force talk, even you know, if that's still present, I really feel like I need to move on to like big, bold, new directions. And I just don't know. Lucasfilm is very, very protective and probably the most like safe when it comes to the making these decisions. I, and I really don't know why, probably because Star Wars fans are like simultaneously the best and the worst fans. So it's like, I don't know. It just seems that other franchises aren't scared to make, take big swings or like try new things. Yeah. Well, it sort of makes me think about how we we were all reflecting on Rogue One recently when it came out again and about Mm -hmm. how that one was so special because it really did take those big swings and dared to tell a story of entirely original characters, save for some small roles played by some supporting characters that we knew Um, and and have it be just feel so different from an, a regular Star Wars film and like not have any Jedi, barely any force, like a tiny bit of the force and just like be a entirely different vibe, which is one reason why of all of these, I'm most excited for Andor because in some ways it's a continuation of that spirit, but I completely right. agree. Um, one reason that I loved Rebels, for example, when it came out was it was a new time period of storytelling with new characters and new things happening. Um, and I am really looking forward to things, honestly, like, you know, I mean, like I don't have a horse in the race for the, uh, skeleton crew show, but I, I want more like stuff like that. Like things that are just like, what if we did this and it's completely on new characters and it's a completely different tone and what the hell let's try it, which is why I'm like in favor of something like that. I'm also really excited for the acolyte. I don't really... Absolutely. know much about it but like that's that's the vibe that i want i'm i yeah i definitely want a little bit less of these and that could be something about the reservation i have about the ahsoka show it's not that i'm not super excited because rebels is my everything but it's mm. that i i just don't want it to be a uh, lesser version of something that was already done so well so 
I think that that's exactly how I feel, you know, but I think that that's, I think that we're seeing bits and pieces of that with things yeah, like, we are. The, like we're not getting that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with the fact that they know that they are ready to go with Andor and Andor seems to not be afraid to completely match that very different tone of Rogue One. And then also that they're trying weird things that might not work like Skeleton Crew or uh, things that seem very different like Acolyte. I think that that's a great sign. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to that era of things as it comes closer. Yeah. And maybe maybe they're just waiting out the fact that they have all these uh, irons in the fire right now. Mm-hmm. And these there, there are a lot of different stories that seem to be like ready to come to a close. Like Mandalorian, every, every season that comes out, the logo has the sun setting lower and lower in the background. Mm-hmm. So that's I feel like it's it's heading towards its end game now. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they're just, like I said, you know, when, when I say treading water, it comes off as like, Oh, they're uh, they don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of try- directionless. I don't mean it like that. I just mean it seems like that they're just biding time until something bigger hits. And that, like I said, that seems like that's probably going to hit at Star Wars Celebration in London. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's not that I'm I'm out on Star Wars by any stretch of the imagination. It's just kind of like let's do it. Let's go wild. Let's get mm-hmm. like let's go back to like when the Force first emerged in like a cave or something. You know, let's mm-hmm. go to like let's tell some really weird out there stories and. Mm-hmm. Um, on streaming let's see what happens um, yeah but so moving away from the star wars universe but sticking with the lucasfilm pedigree we have to close out the panel the one and the only indiana jones Indy 5, directed by James Mangold, obviously starring Harrison Ford. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in this one, which I'm so excited about. Mads Mikkelsen, who I'm even more excited yes. about. I did not realize Antonio Banderas was in this, so no. it's like, it's just keep on coming. And then Toby Jones, I know he was in that like leaked photo, but I completely forgot he was in it as well. Just an interesting cast, and it seems like all, you know, just an all-star lineup of people that like I like, so... And I love James Mangold. I really loved Logan. I thought Ford versus Ferrari was excellent and underseen. And he's just a really solid dude with a penchant for writing stories that, you know, end famous characters' careers. You know, Logan was a swan song for for Wolverine as a character, Jackman in the role. And, you know, by all accounts from this panel, it seems like that's the way we're going. So Mm -hmm. the the trailer was not shown to the public at all, but, you know, it looks like Sala is back. Uh, we we saw, uh, from, by all accounts, um, uh, different different eras of like de-aged indie, which I think is very mm-hmm. interesting. There's you know different eras. There's a train top chase. There's horses riding through subways. Uh, a lot of the like the descriptions I've read mentioned a skeleton popping out, which made me laugh. <laughs> it just reminds me of like some sort of like like haunted house from the 1950s, and I'm like, yes, that's the vibe. <laughs> just like a, such an important thing it's like we got sala back we got a skeleton popping out we're yeah. good um you know mads mickelson in a nazi uniform and apparently like a sea monster at some point so why not hell knows, <laughs> knows what's going on it's we're, we already did ufos so let's let's get into sea monster territory all bets have long been off i think oh, since yeah. since uh i mean honestly since uh temple of doom all bets are off for this franchise so why not a sea monster <laughs> I don't understand why people think that Indiana Jones has to be one thing when it's been so many, it's been an infinite number of things, even throughout the three, the, the four movies, I almost said the yeah. two movies. I, I like Crystal Skull. I don't love Crystal Skull, but I, 
I don't think it's nearly. You're as not bad one as of those people who pretends it doesn't exist. Which, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I, no. I think it's a lot. Of, I think it's a lot of fun, and I'll, I I still watch it from time to time, and I really enjoy it. But mm-hmm. uh, people just turn the podcast off right then. Um, <laughs> you know, I the the real big takeaway from all this is Harrison Ford's demeanor and presence on stage. Mm-hmm. We know Harrison Ford. Everyone has a, a a favorite Harrison Ford role. We've grown up with him. He's been a huge part of our lives. And it feels like this is it for him, not just for Indiana Jones, but for acting. In the press conferences, like he said, this is the last time I fall down for you. Harrison Ford doesn't get emotional. Not usually. He, yeah, he's usually like, get me the hell out of here. Like whenever he's on, whenever he's on Conan O'Brien, it's the funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> All right, let's talk about K-19, uh, The Widowmaker. <laughs> They're eating it up! <laughs> uh, what kind of a name for a movie is that, K-19? <laughs> it's a stupid name. It's stupid. And why do they have to be Russian? I don't what is that about? <laughs> Right now, the movie company is like, get him off! Get him off! Get him off! Russian? And he's, just, he's so aloof and just like, fuck you, I want to leave. You know, and he's not precious about his roles either. He's mm-hmm. not like, he's thoughtful about them, but he's not like, he's very self-deprecating about what he's done with his life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like he said at Celebration about this Indiana Jones theme, and he was like, goddamn song is on at the hemorrhoid doctor. Like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it falls everywhere. So to see him on stage, like his voice cracking, about to cry, I think I get emotional just talking about it because yeah, I, you don't see like, him like that. Like, That's I, not that you don't God. see Harrison Ford do that. Thank you for making these films such an incredible experience for all of us, giving the opportunity to us to, to make these films for you, and I think. Um, I'm very proud to say. I'm very proud to say that this one is fantastic. (laughs) And this is one of the reasons. It feels like he's saying goodbye, like I said, not just to Indiana Jones, but to acting and to the limelight and to a career. And Mm -hmm. the movie from what I've read, probably an insane amount of descriptions of a trailer instead of just like waiting for it to come out. But like, it seems like not only a tribute to Indy, the character, but to Harrison Ford's Mm -hmm. involvement in our lives and just the different eras of his career. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know what, if it's like a victory lap type movie for Harrison Ford, I'm so, I'm so in like, if we're getting Sala back, you know, Kihei Kwan was in the back. Uh, there's that really amazing photo of Harrison Ford of him and Short Round hugging all these years later. Like, yeah. Do you that, think that he's gonna be in it? I just, I was like, if if Short Round is in the movie, I, everyone's gonna fucking lose it. Like, I was, I was about to lose it when I saw those photos. I was like, if he's in it, you right. know, after his triumphant return with everything everywhere all at it's, once, I was absolutely. like, it's 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 gonna happen. It's gotta happen, right? <laughs> it's the same thing too, because it's like you know he was there technically because. He's in season two of Loki. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's happenstance and all this stuff. But is it like if Salah's coming back, you know, and there's in the, in the trailer, like he like his he whips his whip a ton and then everyone just pulls guns on him as like a reference to Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it seems like this, like, kind of, you know, I don't want to say like Endgame. Uh, I guess that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking. Like a um, Avengers Endgame style, like, here's all the Indiana Jones greatest hits, which I think I'm here for. I just like, I love Harrison Ford so much that I don't really care what he's if doing. If it's or done he... well, then I'm fine yeah. with it too. I mean, my, I, I, I love Indiana Jones so much, but for me, it, they, they're all a little hit and miss after the, the absolutely perfect movie that is Raiders. So it's like, it's not like there's, in terms of indie sequels, it's not super precious to me that like, you don't have like, it's kind of whatever you want to do. And I, I feel like if this is what they want to do and they do it well, then this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's adventure sci-fi serial. You exactly. know, it's like, that's like, whatever you want to do with it at this point, let's just like, and he seems so proud of it. And he just, he's, mm-hmm. he points a lot of it to it being like Phoebe Waller Bridges credit that it's so good. I'm sure her, her writing in it and also her performance um, a lot of hint, a lot of hints to some lineage situations there because like there's like a joke in the trailer about him being her godfather you know john williams played at the hollywood bowl and he revealed a, a, a like a piece from indiana jones 5 and it was you know phoebe waller bridge's character's theme but it has a little swelling of marion's theme in mm-hmm. there a little bit okay but yeah see that's what i was uh, wondering but it's like we just did that with Pug from uh, Crystal Skull. Mutt. <laughs> Pug. <laughs> you said Pug. You went with the purebred. <laughs> yeah. We already, did that. we already did that with Mutt. So, but like, I don't know. Marion Rabel was such an important character in Indy's life. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't want it to just be like, there's Short Round and there's Mutt and there, you know, there's, you know, there's all the old people. I hope it's a new, sustainable and fun adventure. And it sounds like it's going to be. James Mangold's great. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited for this. It seems like it's gonna be a lot more emotional than previously thought. So we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I really can't bear the thought of losing John Williams and Harrison Ford in Hollywood after this yeah, movie. I know like, it's, I, it's one of those things I'm trying not to think about. Like I, I'm almost being like extremely avoidant about the, the whole movie uh, and the subject because I just, I refuse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of like that Chris Pine meme, like the headphones on staring into oblivion about the whole thing. Because it's like, I can't quite wrap my head around mm-hmm. never seeing or hearing those two again. And it's not like uh, I can't like replay the movies and re-listen to the music and all of that. But yeah. it's just so, I mean, it's it maybe just more makes me reflect on how blessed we are that we have had new John Williams music up to this point already. Like. <laughs> It's not like Harrison Ford's been making uh, bangers for the past 10 years, you know, but like it's Harrison Ford. Like yeah. he's the essential actor. I think of everyone's, you know, of like at least three generations, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it'll be sad to see him go. It really does feel like he's done after this. Like I said, not just with indie, but with acting in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beyond that, like, is, is there anything we missed? Anything that you think we should expand on? Or I don't I, think, I think so. I think it was a lot of, you know, it was very emotional considering that it wasn't a lot of new information, but like, I'm just really excited slash choked up slash, you know, cautiously excited slash over the moon excited. It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're deeply invested in this. So yes, like we are. Means, I mean, I just, I just exploded a stress ball because of my love for Star Wars and related properties. So. <laughs> Talking to me is pretty stressful, so I understand it. Um, <laughs> Let's but- just say I'll call it an excitement ball. Because for me, it wasn't stress. It was just like, bad match. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
man, just blowing up stress balls all over the place. Yeah. So, <laughs> out of everything here, what would you say that you're the most excited for? What, what would you blow up another stress ball for? Um, definitely Andor, but that one's coming so close that I I feel like even saying I'm excited for it is just like a moot point. Like, obviously, if I'm going to sure. say for things that are further off, um, Bad Batch season two, obviously, because of my personal investment. And then interestingly enough, Willow, because I yeah. just I just think it's just so lovely. It, I don't have like this huge, it's not something I'm going to explode a stress ball over. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not that level of investment. It's what it is, is just a joy that this is happening at all because I completely agree for me Willow was a it was a stalwart of my childhood but it always felt like there could have been more like a beautiful world worth exploring that you wish there had been more time to play around in and I'm just super excited that we're actually getting that I think that's well put I think that's that's one of mine and then also obviously I'm just over the moon for Indiana Jones 5 I can't yeah Um, like I said I'm being avoidant emotionally avoidant about that one for reasons (laughs) But yes, Mando season three is just like I when Book of Boba Fett was out last year and Mando had his own episode. I I just couldn't believe how much I missed seeing Din and Grogu on screen. So Mm -hmm. just having that story back, just the the level of execution of the Mandalorian is so Mm -hmm. off the charts. Awesome. that I can't wait to see it again. I can't wait to see Grief Karga looking royal as hell. Uh, He looks amazing. So uh, Giancarlo Esposito is back. And then we got uh, Dr. Pershing's back in like a duster. And like his uh, Matrix era. Matrix so we'll era, yeah. So I was going to say, I was like Matrix vibes, Pershing. He's, he's getting a little extra cash from- He's uh, ready to do something. I don't know what, but- he, I think he invested in Bitcoin or something because he's <laughs> yeah, looking a lot he <laughs> He's looking a little douchier. So um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, I mean, that's the D23 Lucasfilm lineup in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. I think uh, about everything, not a lot of new, awesome, groundbreaking news, but just a lot more of what we love to see. Yeah, I mean, stay tuned coming soon. We're going to be covering uh, Andor in its entirety. Breaking news to you, we'll probably do a Rogue One episode just to get ready for it. (laughs) I can't wait. Uh, I'm ready to talk about Rogue One at any drop of a hat. Like, just tell me, and I'm ready to open up and just spill my guts about Rogue One and how much I love it. I'll just do the intro, and I'll just let you talk for the rest of the time. Yeah, just the whole thing, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we got that coming up, Andor coverage. Um, Later on this week, recording later this week, but coming out next week, my friend Paul will join me once again to discuss the Marvel aspect of D23. Marvel is something that's conspicuously absent from the show. And I think that we'll talk about why when that episode releases. And we're going to do a She-Hulk catch up in that same episode. Actually a delightful show that I'm really enjoying. And I didn't think I would as much, but I really, I'm really liking She-Hulk. So we'll talk about that Marvel news and kind of like a state, state of the universe spiel mm-hmm. on Marvel coming up next time. So Thanks again, Stephanie. It's always fun talking Star Wars stuff with you and Lucasfilm stuff. Yeah. Hey, maybe we'll do some Willow episodes when it shows up. I don't know. <laughs> You're down. I would I be would down. Like, I love Willow. <laughs> write that in ink. Sign me up for Willow or any weird 80s fantasy. Like that okay. whole era of genre is my vibe. <laughs> I love it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do maybe we can do like a, a preview episode of like top five favorite like fantasy, kind of getting psyched for it. We'll see. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, in the meantime, if you want to follow along with us, make sure you do so uh, on Instagram at B1N1Pod. Thanks to Christian Kramel for writing our theme song. If you want to, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and ring the bell and rate us five stars on Spotify. That's way that we'll hear every new episode that comes out on the day it releases. For sure. Thanks again, Stephanie. And uh, we'll see you next time with some Marvel coverage. Thanks. Bye. Bye.